In the U.S., lawmakers are just getting underway with lawsuits and regulations that are designed to rein in the power of big tech. But Europe's been at this game for a while now. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is our senior European correspondent, Katie Collins. So the EU has traditionally been tougher on big tech than the U.S. has, even and even if we're starting to play catch-up now. What can we expect from the EU in regards to regulations looking forward into 2021? So um, the EU just this week has released two major pieces of legislation that it really wants to push through over the next few years. And these are going to kind of define how they regulate big tech in Europe for years to come. The first piece of legislation is the Digital Services Act. Now, this covers everything from kind of moderation um, and illegal content uh, to stopping illegal goods being sold online to antitrust. So a real variety of stuff there. And it's going to apply to all all companies um, that that basically have an online presence in Europe. Um, the second piece of legislation is the Digital Markets Act. Now, this is the piece of legislation that the big tech companies have really been fearing because it applies strictly to them. It's designed to kind of look at who the gatekeepers are in the industry and, and assign them extra responsibilities that mean that they won't be able to push smaller players out of the market and that they won't be able to stop you know, a, the tech eco- ecosystem within Europe from growing. Um, so that's the bit that they are really not looking forward to. Yeah, let's take these one at a time. The, start with the Digital Markets Act. I mean, can you kind of break down in simple terms of what this will empower the EU to regulate and what, how this changes the practices for some of these big tech companies? Well, I mean, obviously, there's still a lot that you know we won't know until the legislation is actually passed and put into practice. But effectively, it's going to be um, you know challenging them to um, you know be a lot more transparent about their processes. They're going to have to put their allow their algorithms to be kind of audited um, and you know examined in a way that they haven't necessarily done in the past and uh, you know they the the commission has not actually named the companies that will be subject to these extra checks yet but we can kind of guess based on who we know the tech giants to be what might be kind of coming for them um and the you know the powers that it will give the eu are things like you know it will give them greater antitrust powers to interference and tell the tell these companies that they either have to stop their practices, they have to change their practices, um, or that they, you know, they might be blocked altogether within the EU, or you know, potentially even broken up. Got it. And then, under the Digital Services Act, what exactly does that entail? What what practices does it potentially change for these big tech companies? Well, um, you know, I think that this will probably have less effect on um, some of the big tech companies who are, who've already made huge changes in Europe. Um, but I think that this, you know, a way to look at this piece of legislation is really to think that it's designed to protect consumers. So it's designed um, to, for example, if a, if a service that you use accidentally deletes your data, um, you know, it will give you recourse to kind of complain um, and, you know, the, the service will have to compensate you um equally like if you know you are sold um illegal goods um though the service that through which those illegal goods have been sold to you 
um, or you know counterfeit goods or whatever, they, they that service will have to be sure that it can like track and trace down those that person that sold you those goods. Got it. So it really puts more of the responsibility on these these tech companies. You can imagine companies like Google and, and Amazon being roped in. What are some of these companies saying? Are they remained mum on these uh, new proposed? regulations um well they haven't necessarily been speaking publicly about um you know what they think about this yet they're probably examining some of the minutiae you know to see what the legislation contains um but i i think that like you know what they will really be looking at is can they get away with being not being defined as a gatekeeper this is the thing that they're really going to be you know they i think they're going to be court battles over this they're not going to necessarily want to be included in that in that digital markets act um they, they're not going to want that to apply to them got it and you know the eu has already had a history of you know regulating finding these companies i don't know if you could just run through a, a quick greatest hits of some of the fines and some of the penalties that have been levied upon companies like Apple, Google, and Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, some of these cases, um, they seem like they're resolved, but in fact, these companies are still fighting these battles in court against the EU. Um, so, you know, I think that in total, there have been billions of dollars worth of fines aimed at these particular companies. Um, Google in particular has had you know, it's uh, it's kind of calmed down now, but it went through a few years where it was getting fine after fine from the EU. You know, the, and each fine was bigger than the last one. Each one was worth billions of dollars. Um, Apple too, um, you know, is currently fighting a case in court that, um, you know, it was ordered to repay a huge tax bill um, that the EU had decided that it owed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still trying to... Um, fight fight this in court a tim cook famous famously called this um decision political crap and um you know and there are other things as well you know it's not just fines that we're looking at i mean you 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 ask these companies that they're multi-billion dollar companies um you know these fines they 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 seem like huge amounts, but in fact, you know, it's not necessarily that big of a hit for them because they are so wealthy. But if you look at something that's currently happening with Facebook in Ireland, for example, um, you know, there was a decision this year that the mechanism that Facebook uses to transfer user data in and out of the EU was actually illegal, um, and in the I the Irish Commissioner decided that it was going to enforce this and told Facebook to stop um, transferring any user data out of Europe, which, you know, obviously would have is a huge um, ask of Facebook because its, its systems are kind of global. It's got data centers all over and it relies on them, um, you know, to keep its services running. So, you know, it can actually demand um, huge changes to the way companies operate. Got it. One of the more well-known pieces of litigation, or at least one of the more high-profile pieces of litigation, GDPR, or the General Data Protection Regulation, uh, is the EU privacy laws influenced uh, privacy law that we have in California and may have some ripple effects on privacy regulations national, nationwide in the U.S. Uh, in 2021. How have the tech companies been in terms of following GDPR and have they, have they had a tough go at it? 
I mean, I think that you really saw ahead of GDPR coming in, the big tech companies, you know, really go like going over their policies, check, you know, hoping that everything was watertight, that they were complying with this uh, privacy regulation. Um, and, um, you know, but there still have been cases where, you know, things have fallen through the cracks. Um, and again, this because most of these tech companies have their headquarters in Ireland, it all falls to Ireland to make the decisions on this. And the Irish data commissioner at the moment is working through a whole backlog of cases where the tech giants, um, you know, Google, Facebook and Twitter in particular, um, are having to, you know, wait and hear what the whether they're going to be fined for uh, privacy violations as well. In fact, just this week, we had the first decision from the Irish regulator about um, a Twitter case. Um, this is the first fine that's been handed out by the regulator to a huge US tech company. Um, actually, in this case, Twitter held its hands up and said, you know, we made a mistake. Um, we they didn't report a violation basically fast enough um, to the to the authorities. Um, and you know, they they accepted the fine and they've moved on. But you know, there's going to be a, a ton more coming through. The next one I think will be WhatsApp. Um, but yeah, these these uh, these companies are not immune um, to this uh, very strict regulation which is you know being seen as the kind of gold standard worldwide uh, in terms of taxes and tariffs you know you, you kind of devote a section in your story about that talk a little bit about what taxes are, are sort of coming down the pike for these companies in 2021 yeah now this is a really interesting topic because i think that this is where there's going to be real tension between europe and the u.s next year um now just to kind of lay the groundwork here, um, you know, as we, as I've already mentioned, a lot of these companies um, have their European headquarters in Ireland. Um, and the reason for that is that Ireland has a kind of preferable tax law, uh, which means that, you know, if they base their European HQs there, they can largely avoid paying taxes in a lot of other places. Um, now, but they're still making money, though, in all of the other countries because, you know, they have users all over Europe and the, the other countries are saying, hang on a minute, can't we have some of this tax? These huge, really wealthy companies are making all sorts of money out of our citizens. Like, we should have a share of this. Um, and what this means is that the whole of the international tax regulation needs to be totally rewritten for the digital age. This isn't just European countries. This, I think there's 137 countries involved in these negotiations at the moment that are currently going on. Um, and, you know, this, there was supposed to be, uh, there was supposed to be a resolution on this by the end of 2020. And um, we're here at the end of 2020. There's no resolution. That deadline has now been pushed to mid 2021. But some countries are getting totally fed up of this and are saying, well, we're not going to wait, actually. We're just going to bring in our own digital tax. So if you, if you, if your digital company makes money in our country, you know, from next year, you're going to pay 10% tax. Um, and, you know, the, actually this week again, um, the French government has, has said that um, it's going to it's it's starting to collect taxes now. It, it in January they reached a kind of truce with um, Donald Trump, who has been furious that people want to tax American companies um, outside of the U.S. and has threatened tariffs in return. He's you know he's threatened the French with um, tariffs on champagne and cheese um, in return for this digital tax. Um, but it means that companies are going to start having to pay this this tax 
I mean, from from this week, effectively. Yeah, that's a good segue because uh, obviously President Trump is uh, on his way out. Come next month, we'll have uh, now President-elect Joe Biden sworn in. How does that change the dynamic? Because uh, you talked a little bit about how the the relationship between the U.S. and EU uh, might might actually thaw out a bit, and that they might take more of a joint stance on tech. Well, how do you sort of see that shaping up in 2021? Yeah, so um, I think that this is something that definitely Europe has said that it wants. You know, it's actually already reached out to the Biden administration um, and said, you know, let's work together. Let's try and find common ground on some of these issues that we really disagree on um, or, or have, you know, policies that perhaps don't quite match up in the past. Things such as privacy and data flows, also cybersecurity. Um, and, um, you know, I think that tax is going to be one of those issues as well that they're going to have to they're going to be looking to the US to perhaps, you know, give some leeway on. Um, and I think it's interesting seeing the the kind of their attitude as soon as there is a new president in the US, they have been, I think what they what they feel is Biden perhaps is someone that they can work with better than the, they've been able to work with Trump. Um, over the past few years, there's definitely been a distance, I think, between the EU and the US. Um, and, um, you know, Biden is um, an established politician who they already kind of have a working relationship with, given that he's been in office previously. Um, and, you know, he's visited the EU. Um, he's kind of he's he's known, actually, you know, he's got an international reputation for being a fairly good diplomat. Um, so I think that they are hoping that they might be able to find common ground, um, come together on some issues um, and hopefully overcome some of the obstacles. You know, they also see that in the US, there's an increasing push towards regulation, just as there has been for a long time in the in Europe. Um, and, I, you know, the US is still kind of more early doors on this thing on this, um, you know, this this new kind of approach to tech. Um, the Europe is a little bit further on and is obviously, you know, rewriting its regulation rule book right now. Um, but, you know, I think they're, they're hoping, Biden hasn't given anything away yet, um, but they're hoping that maybe perhaps there could be change in the air. Got it. And, and just lastly, you mentioned China. I'm curious what role China plays in, in the shifting dynamic, the sh- potentially changing relationship between the US and EU. Yeah, I think that this is really at the heart of what's, um, you know, going to pull them together ultimately. Um, because, you know, there's, I think it's a, it's a critical moment for technology and for the internet. Um, you know, if you think about the internet um, more generally um, and what we already have, that there's a real... Um, there's kind of two internets out there. There's the internet of Silicon Valley and the internet of Europe, which is kind of built on these open standards. Um, and then there's the Chinese internet, which is more heavily surveilled. Um, it's more censored. It's, it's more closed off. Um, and then there, then there are the kind of emerging technologies, AI, autonomous vehicles, 5G. Um, and I think that Europe and the US share this concern that China is going to be able to set the standards for this this next generation of technology that's coming through. And is also that its model for the internet is going to be spreading further abroad. Um, And, you know, I think it's one of those things where they're going to have to, they're both concerned about this. um, And, you know, in order to 
be the leaders that they want to be, it might be the case that they have to come together um, and work together in order to do that. Got it. Well, that's a fascinating topic. I'm sure it's worth exploring in the coming year. Thanks for your time, Katie. You can check out her story on cnet.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.